Ladies, is the sexual intimacy in your relationship lacking, but your partner won't talk about it? Have you noticed a change in your partner's performance between the sheets, but he won't get help? Have you heard that erectile dysfunction can be a key indicator of possible heart problems, but wonder if this is really true? The majority of men between 40 and 60 experience ED, and this is a health crisis that women need to know about. My guest today will spell out the ABCs of ED for you so that you know exactly what to do. Orist is a 67-year-old former periodontal regenerative surgeon turned blogger who's passionate about helping older guys create kick-ass lives for themselves and those they love. He focuses on anti-aging technologies including testosterone replacement therapy and treatments for erectile dysfunction. He's here to help us women know how to address ED with the men we love and why it's important to do so. Welcome, Orest. So, Orest, erectile dysfunction, it's a huge problem, isn't it, for men and women? wonder if you can tell us a little bit about why this is such an important problem. Well, Karen, first of all, let me thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your program. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to uh, talk about this. Uh, you know, as we talked a little bit about uh, before we got uh, on air here, you know, uh, in a lot of these Facebook groups or, or on other platforms, about 40% of the comments come from women. So just the first thing I want to tell the women listeners on your program is that you are not alone. Yeah. You point. are not alone. And this is a real common uh, problem. And then it has to do with the fact that well, guys don't like to talk about their problems. <laughs> they don't. Uh, uh, they tend to say, "Oh, everything's fine." They they often not, they tend to brush things under under the rug, okay. and like, "Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, okay." And it's it's a it's a challenge because uh, that's just kind of a, a the, the male nature of things. So we don't ask for directions, and, uh, <laughs> and, and and we generally don't like to talk you know uh one of the most fearful things that a man can hear uh actually one of them is is what are you thinking <laughs> and we need to talk i just said that just sends a man's blood pressure up 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 big time so uh so so you're not alone and the reality of this is is is, is this is uh, such an impactful uh, problem that it not only affects mm -hmm. the man but it affects the other person in the relationship in significant ways and the for the man it's it's about their loss of their masculinity which and, and their self-confidence mm -hmm. which is the worst thing that can happen to a man uh, they suffer quietly because they're pretending it doesn't happen and they don't this is not something that guys sit around and you know I, I'm a big cigar smoker and, and so I, we don't sit around at the at the at the cigar bar and talk about this. Actually, I do, uh, but, but most of the time people don't. Uh, I and, bet you're popular at the cigar bar. You know, I have a lot of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> you know, people go, "Oh no, not me!" and then they're like, oh, right. "They're listening. They're 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 full throttle. They got that ear ear turned towards me, and they're and they're listening." And so people. Men tend to suffer about this due to embarrassment, uh, denial, alone, and then it becomes a uh, a cascading effect where they start to gain more and more withdrawn, more and more depressed. They push away those that they that they love. Uh, they get irritable. 
they get irritable about things because things are not working. And right. you know, the, the worst thing is that you know that awkwardness when um, uh, and the silence. You know, after you you you're attempting to have sex, and it doesn't work. And there's just kind of like this this. Sometimes there's this quietness that is just you know as, as I say the cliche you know the, the silence is deafening. Right. And on the woman's side, um, all sorts of things are going on. You know, first of all, she you know she wants to be a good partner in that relationship. She wants to be supportive both uh, emotionally and physically. Uh, and she's and, and they wonder after a while, you know, does does my does does the man in my life do they still find me attractive? Mm -hmm. Do they still love me? Have they substituted me? Have they substituted me with porn? Right. Or, or are they having an affair? And all those things start to create a distance in the relationship that causes a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. And and that that really is, is the big thing is to get over that tension, is to get over that denial and that everything's going to work out. Or the other thing is that, well, this is just part of the normal, normal aging process and you just have to live with it. And the answer to that is no. No. No, you don't have to live with it the way it is. Not in 2020 or 2021, whenever you see this program. There are so many options, and a lot of them are really good, even in the worst case scenarios where you, you know, for some, for some men, it's, it's, it's the erectile dysfunction is actually a part of uh, maybe having uh, an injury. Let's say you have an injury during a, a, a prostate biopsy or something mm -hmm. else going on. Right. So, so there are answers that are out there that are available. Yeah, so thank you for laying the, the field out for us. So this is a women's issue. I know some of my listeners are probably wondering, why is she having this guy to, on talking about ED? Because this is a women's issue. It's a man's issue. It's a woman's issue. It's everybody's issue. And it's really causing a, putting a strain on our relationships. And people who listen to me regularly know that I always talk about good relationships, healthy relationships as being key to having health. So that's why it's such an important topic that we need to address on the podcast. And I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, so let me just back up a second. And why is it, why do guys, when you say, I need, we need to talk about something or what are you thinking? You ask that. Is that something that they get upset about that they're taught or is that an innate characteristic? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, and uh, I think the other thing is is that you know there is a way to overcome that, and part of it is is taking to a certain extent baby steps in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just like you can't like all of a sudden just kind of unload and have expect to have a like a really big conversation because that usually is you're usually at that point you're in, in an upset mode, mm -hmm. and I think that there's some some you know, kind of starting to, to, to bridge it, for, first of all, with understanding uh, and being say, you know, we can, you know, part of it is saying, you know, we can figure this out. And I know that you don't like to talk about this. And I know that, that this is painful, but we as a couple, we as a couple can figure this out and figure out what's going to work so that we have the ability to have emotional and physical intimacy. That's mm -hmm. so important in a relationship. So is that how you would tell a woman to approach it is say, I want to talk to you about something that we can figure out together? Or how would you tell them to approach this particular topic? 
I think it's that kind of that kind of a, a soft approach that that, mm-hmm. that that works. And you know, there's gonna be and and it's gonna take with some people it's, it's that's gonna be enough to open the the communication, and with other people it's gonna take several times. It's it's really uh, you know we're all very different in that in that regards. And also it has to do I think with the, the uh, in the relationship with me how how well do you communicate mm-hmm. about things in your relationship? Do you communicate on a regular basis? If you don't communicate on a relationship regular basis, well, this is going to take several attempts. This is going to take several. If you communicate on a regular basis, well, then you're you're already got that line of communication, that line of trust already built in between you. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it, it's just it's a uh, it's quite often to start. And uh, the, I think the first thing I, I think the first thing that everyone has to real uh, has to realize mm-hmm. is that. They are not the first people to face this, okay? This is an incredibly pervasive problem that most people will not talk about. So the statistics are 40% of men in their 40s, 50% of men in their 50s, 60% of men in their 60s suffer some form of erectile dysfunction. Now, there's, they kind of break it down two categories, uh, erectile dysfunction or erectile dissatisfaction. Either way, it it affects your ability to perform sexually in the bedroom or wherever you're having sex. Uh, right. <laughs> and so, and so, and so uh, it is a very pervasive problem. I mean, the statistics are, you know, between 40 and 69, that is about 60 million men mm-hmm. in the United States. So if you look at that, if you extrapolate about 30 million men in the United States suffer with some form of erectile dysfunction or dissatisfaction, so it's very pervasive. And you, 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 I mean, now you know, five years ago, no one was talking about. It. Now, every every other place is there's a clinic to treat your ED. I mean, on radio, internet, TV, uh, you know, there's all sorts of places. And and uh, right. so so it's it's it, the the help is out there. And I think the real challenge for most people is actually finding out what is the best fit for them. Right. And I love that you gave those statistics. So it, it's rampant. It's epidemic. And mm-hmm. a couple things came to mind. Um, one is I think that we need to take a cue about talking about sexuality from the younger generation, the millennials, they freely talk about sexuality. And I think that we need to jump on that bandwagon. We've adopted technology and smartphones and all kinds of things and, and using the internet and the YouTube, I call it. My daughter says that means I'm an old person because I say the, the, the YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we need to take our cues and know that now in society, it is okay. It's socially acceptable to talk about these things. Sure. And as you were talking about how to approach a man, my woman's brain was thinking that I would probably discuss with all my girlfriends how to talk about this with my partner. That's what we do, guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd be thinking, should I go buy a book to give to him and then he can leave it so he can read it? <laughs> should I talk to my girlfriend and then she can talk to her husband who can bring up the subject with him? Or should I just bring it up because I don't want him to be embarrassed? And we'd be thinking of all this, these crazy yeah. ways to go about it. Yeah. Any of those good or no? 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, the talking to your girlfriend to have her, her partner drink it up ain't going to work. I can't see that scenario working really well. First of all, they probably have a problem too. And secondly, you know, I, hey, hey, by the way, your wife asked my wife to have you talk to me talking to you about your ED. Like, what the hell? Uh, no, that, that one. Okay, I'm going I'm to tell you, like, you know, I, normally I don't shut down an idea. I'm not like going, shut it down. Uh, shut that down. Shut that down. Uh, you know, I, I'm going I'm to I'm say this. And, and you know, uh, one of the things is that in order to overcome some of the barriers uh, to getting this information, uh, because a lot of times people don't want to, men don't want to go to the office and want to fill out the form and everybody kind of knows where you're there. Uh, not, right. not only that, but also a lot of times these uh, consultations with these doctors, uh, especially the really good ones that know what they're doing, they can run two to $300 uh, for a consultation. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that your listeners may consider is, is, is looking at, uh, at my digital information product, which is called. Oh yeah, absolutely. MyJunkDoesNotWork.com. <laughs> now, obviously, everybody knows what I'm talking about. MyJunkDoesNotWork.com. It's not doesn't. It does not. And uh, and so what I've done there is I've combined, I've done interviews with experts in this area uh, on various cutting-edge medical therapies. Now, I'm talking about medical therapies that all require a physician to treat erectile dysfunction. And there's several of them out there uh, that were not available until recently. And uh, actually, one of them is is very very new, and it's a it's an at home version of one of the therapies that's available that uh, is available in doctors' offices for three to five thousand dollars at a fraction of the cost. So, which one is that you're talking about? Oh, you have to go to my site to get. Oh, you got okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And and we will put the link in the show notes, yeah. and so we'll have more information. Sorry. But but it but it is yeah. it, it it is it it is a at uh, at home. Uh, I I will. It's an at home uh, uh, sonic wave therapy, and uh, so you can. Um, and uh, with all all the therapies, with the exception of of, of two of them, uh, involve increasing uh, vascular flow. Because right. the, the whole major deal about erectile dysfunction, uh, the majority of it, is uh, it's it's a it's a vascular flow problem and also a, a retention problem in terms of in the, in the venous system. Uh, the so so when I when I do these when I did these interviews, I sat down very much in, in a format like this and uh, would spend about forty five minutes, maybe a little bit longer, with the, with the expert in that area and really have a in-depth conversation about the various modalities. And this is something that you probably, you know, going to a, a, a physician's office, you wouldn't be able to sit down for 45 minutes and get that right. information. And also it's, it's just, it's just a, a, you know, a, a, a really a, a fraction of the cost. One of the things I got to tell you that's very interesting that's coming on also is that uh, erectile dysfunction, as I talked to my urologist friends, is starting to affect younger and younger men. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's actually they're seeing younger and younger men showing up in their clinics uh, with this with uh, with this problem, and that's kind of a whole different form of erectile dysfunction. It's called PIDE, which is porn-induced erectile dysfunction. Interesting. Yeah. Really? And, so they're having porn-induced erectile dysfunction. So do they only have a problem with erections when they're with a human, or when they're w watching porn? Well, they it's it's they they get desensitized to normal sexual. Wow. content no, the normal sexual stimuli that you would have in person yes and and so it, 
and so and so they become uh, in some some sex report that actually rewires your brain in terms of how you how you think about um, about how sex, and so it, it be, it's because of the the prevalence of porn on the internet uh, and access to it by very young very young men and, and to probably young women too, uh, it really alters their one, it alters their sensitivity to normal sexual stimuli, but also their, but also their expectation of what sex is. Believe me, it's, you know, we all know sex is not anything like it is in a porn movie. Right. <laughs> well, that is so interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes I have had patients whose husbands have been using porn and then they ask me how to handle that. And I'm not sure necessarily how to tell them to handle it with a man, but um, if there are women listening who suspect that their husbands are using porn or they know they are, how would you advise a woman to handle that? I think, again, a, a frank conversation that, you know, uh, that you want the relationship not for them to have a relationship with 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 some uh, virtual mm -hmm. porn person that doesn't that doesn't really exist and again it really just starts with communications and, and having a, a hard conversation in a uh in a non-caustic manner mm -hmm. okay I, th I think you have to be prepared for uh, when you're having these conversations one you have to be prepared for denial right you know yeah. oh it's fine you know oh it's not affecting us you know all all of those things but to, to and that's and it's probably going to take one one conversation it's going to take a, a series of mm -hmm. conversations to, to bridge that gap it's not it's not it's not something that you know it's not a it's not a one and there's there's an, i don't see this as a one and done conversation i see this as, mm -hmm. as a series of, of approachable conversations and uh, there's always you know the, the option of, of therapy of uh, of couples therapy which i think is is can right. be also very beneficial Okay, great. And um, I did want to mention that one of the things that I often tell my female clients whose husbands are having erectile dysfunction to get them to know that there's an urgency to them getting their husbands the help or helping them see that they need to get help is that what's going on below the belt line is often an indicator of what's going on vascularly above the belt line with the heart. And sometimes erectile dysfunction is the first sign that right. vascular disease is occurring in the heart and they could be at risk for a heart attack. Right. So it's not something to sit on. So just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, actually, the, the younger you are that you have erectile dysfunction, the more likely it's a cardiac event. Mm -hmm. And that, that it will precede a significant cardiac event, i.e. a heart attack or something like that. So that's, that's, a, that's a huge factor. And because it is, a, for the vast majority of, of uh, it is a, a blood flow issue, uh, mm -hmm. usually, you know, there, there, are, there are significant cardiac implications for many men, especially if you're uh, diabetic or, or, or mm -hmm. obese or have any other sort of cardiovascular diseases. So it is, it is so certain area, the, uh, the canary uh, in the coal mine. It is, definitely. So don't wait on it, ladies. If your partner's having this issue, you really do want to approach the topic. And then I have another set of women who come to me and they say, Dr. Karen, you have to help me. My husband went and got ED medication. <laughs> and before my issue about not having sex wasn't an issue, and now he's on fire and... I'm not knowing what to do. So how do you suggest that they handle that? I know I have my two sons. Okay, so so uh, uh, be careful what you pray for. Uh, 
and and that and that and that to a certain to a certain extent uh, uh, that that a certain to a certain extent is, is a very uh, significant thing. I I think one is that uh, you know is to for the woman to take inventory about herself also mm -hmm. because she's also she's she's set her the the man in 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 her life off to get something better to be improved and not to say that that person is deficient but is there something that i can do in my life to bring my uh sexual energy up to bring my libido up and uh you know we're talking a lot of times when we're talking about we're talking about postmenopausal situations mm -hmm. where uh where the answer really may be, or more likely than not, is I'm going to say is uh, some form of hormone replacement therapy uh, to do that. And there's and it's not. People think that hormone replacement therapy is is all about sex, but it's actually about a lot more. It's about osteoporosis. It's about brain function. It's a, it's about cardiovascular health. It's about mental acuity, uh, attitude on life. Uh, skin, skin, tone, nails, skin. hair. Yeah, exactly. All Everything. of that, all of that, all of that is affected. And okay. you know, we are being bombarded. Our endocrine system is being bombarded by all sorts of toxins that are affecting us in many significant ways that have uh, have incredible effects on our whole hormone system. Uh, and it's it's actually uh, pretty. Some of the stuff that, that's out there is actually pretty incredible. Uh, one of the things that that there, there's two statistics that a lot of people aren't talking about, uh, but are are very very uh, uh, important. that's going on now. Between 1973 and 2011, there's a study out of a, a Hebrew University in in uh, Israel. Men's sperm counts in the industrialized world. Are down by fifty percent. Down by fifty percent, and the that decrease is continuing. The, the 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 pace of that decrease is continuing, and they have extrapolated that by twenty fifty or so, most men in the industrialized world will be infertile. Okay. Now, as, as I've talked to a few uh, gynecologists, uh, what they've noticed in their fertility practices. Is that the the situation where the issue of fertility is with the man is increasing? Right. Right. We and, used to say it would be fifty percent chance that it'd be the man, fifty percent the female, but that is rapidly increasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 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 that's that's thing. And the other thing is that generational levels of testosterone in men are going down. Mm -hmm. Uh, significantly, and they have been for, for decades. So there's a there's the um, um, male normative aging study. It's done in it was done in the Northeast, and uh, mm -hmm. they, they looked at that uh, for a period of, of of several decades from '87 to 2005, and mm -hmm. then generationally, uh, those are things. So those are all things that are happening because of uh, GMOs, uh, radiation. All sorts of uh, uh, fertilizers, all sorts of stuff that, that that are being put into the environment, processed foods, uh, things like that, are, are really are, are it's really a significant assault on our endocrine system. Right, all of these endocrine disruptors. Excuse me, and 
this is why detoxification is so important and hormone balancing we talk about for both men and women so i'm a big proponent of bioidentical hormones sure. and like you said exactly. it helps with you have more of those sex hormone receptors in your brain than you do anywhere else and that should tell you that it's about brain function and you have them in your bone and your skin and your hair and your nails every cell has receptors for these so really that premature aging or what we consider quote-unquote normal aging is oftentimes due to an age-related decline in these hormones in both men and women even though men don't go through menopause they go through menopause <laughs> yeah well, the, the challenge is, you know, and a lot of uh, erectile dysfunction has to do with uh, uh, testosterone levels going down in men. Mm -hmm. And it, it starts rather precipitously it, it, for a lot of men at age 40. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the thing is, you know, what's the, the, the experiment about the, uh, uh, is it the frog in the boiling water? If, yeah, if, sorry. If, yeah. Okay. So if you throw the bog, if you throw a frog into boiling water, it'll jump out. But right. you can put it in warm water and slowly turn it up, and it won't jump out because it accommodates. Well, men, you know, menopause kind of happens uh, relatively quickly in women. It's you know, over a few over a few years period of time. To a well, it can, it can be okay. five yeah. to ten, sometimes fifteen years. But yeah, yeah. But, so it's that d -d 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 decline. Yeah. For men, it's just a very slow, mm -hmm. you know, very slow decline. And so, we, men accommodate to that low testosterone level. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of assume that's the way it is, and they look around and say, "Okay, well, everybody's feeling. Everybody looks like that. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, everybody feels like that." And uh, and they go like, "Oh, okay, well, that's normal. I'll just keep on going along." I mean, I I I I don't I don't have any problems sharing because I do this with, with a lot of people. I've been on testosterone replacement therapy for over twenty five years, mm -hmm. and I I know I can tell what happens uh, when I go off it. And uh, it, and it's it's not uh, uh, it's it's not a good thing, and it's not it's not about sex. It's as much about your mental attitude, and just it's just kind of a, as a personal example, uh, 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 a little bit over a year ago, I was with my youngest daughter, and we went to New Zealand for a, 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 a trip. Uh, 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 actually, it was a delayed high school graduation trip, and we spent mm -hmm. three weeks in New Zealand. And because I did not want to deal, you know, one bad day with a border agent with your with your prescription drugs, even though they may I don't know they may or may not be legal in that country, you right. know, could ruin your vacation. Uh, it could be a bad start to your day. And uh, so I just left I left all my medications there. And about day seven, my wife is going like, "You're really negative. What's wrong with you?" And like, but and then day ten, I, I I'm on the phone. Like, did you take your testosterone? I go, no. She goes, wow. And and the half life of testosterone, uh, cipronate, is is, uh, is basically seven to ten days. <laughs> so it it just showed up right, right away in my attitude. Yeah. And so, what are some of the things uh, that people listening might look for in their partners to notice that maybe their testosterone is low? What are some of the symptoms they might exhibit? Crankiness. I remember, I, I don't know if you, uh, there was that movie, uh, Grumpy Old Men with Walter Matthau yeah. and Jack Lemmon. That's, those are two very <laughs> okay. uh, grumpiness. Uh, a sudden uh, gain of weight around the midsection. Mm -hmm. I, what, I, have, I have a very interesting relationship with my physicians because I, I, one of them, I, I came in, and I, I hadn't seen him for about a year and a half. He was actually, he's, he's my uh, a doctor. And I looked at him, I came in, and I looked at him, and I go, Greg, you're getting fat. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, goes, he goes, I know. He goes, yeah, I have no energy and everything. He was, he was like about 43, 44. And I, said, I said, dude, dude, you need uh, – you're suffering from low testosterone. He goes like, oh. I said, yeah. He knew that I'd been on testosterone for many years. Right. And uh, he, he got on it. Uh, and uh, about six months later, he sent me a – email i said oh my gosh i can't believe it. I said, i've lost i've lost two inches of my belt i'm putting muscle back on and i feel great i have full of energy so i think one is grumpiness low energy mm -hmm. uh putting on uh of, of, of visceral fat loss of uh, lean muscle mass and just mm -hmm. kind of a, a a lack of energy or and purpose vitality I, I, drive vitality, drive well, yeah those those mm -hmm. kind of things so i think i think those are probably uh, the biggest thing so uh, and then all, then you come kind of distant you kind of become morose uh and then you start saying things like oh well that that won't work <laughs> you know, everything every, everything doesn't negative. work that's now you'd be just kind of a negative a negative attitude uh because i i think it's just I, I mean from my perspective i think testosterone is, is the most powerful antidepressant in the world for men um, oh, and depression, anxiety, they might notice. And, you know, it's funny because it's similar to this, the perimenopausal symptoms that women exactly. will experience. And usually the hormonal decline starts around the age of 40. So mm -hmm. between 40 and 50, we're slowing down. And then there is that kind of final, mm, and it's yeah. done. Um, but a lot of the same symptoms, the fatigue, the waking, the grumpiness, the yeah. lack of mental clarity, memory problems skin hair nail problems all of that so ladies if you're listening same symptoms you might be experiencing you might notice in your man but now you might think oh you might have a testosterone deficiency yeah. um yeah you know it's, it's kind of interesting I, I uh uh we just recently moved to uh, las vegas but we lived in in the, i've lived in phoenix scottsdale area for, since 1960 i actually grew up in that area mm -hmm. and i went to the same gym for over 30 years and it was, it was interesting to see uh, how people age. And I can tell you exactly who is on testosterone therapy and who's not. And uh, the, uh, some of the people, uh, one particular guy, I mean, he, he, he is, uh, and I, I, I tease him a lot. I mean, he, he's starting to get the, he's got the build of a beach ball now. Uh, and this this guy used to be a college college football athlete. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I mean he's got he's, he's got the build of a beach ball. And then uh, so if you're a, 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 a endomorph, you're gonna you're gonna get without testosterone as your testosterone goes, you're gonna get fat. The the flip side is if you're an ectomorph, uh, you're gonna shrivel up. You're gonna right. start getting all that hunched over look, and 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 the next thing you know, your 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 shoulders are meeting in front of your chin. Uh, and <laughs> so. <laughs> Not a good look. Not, not, it's, it's definitely, that's not, you know, if guys, that's not going to bring the, the girls to your corner. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's not a particularly attractive look. And, and so, uh, it is just, is, is such an important thing for, 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 for people in their lives to basically have their, their hormones optimized, both men and women. It is, and, and I hope that we're coming into an era, I think we men are ahead of women on that curve, and mainstream medicine has really embraced testosterone replacement, so a lot of regular, quote-unquote, I call them regular doctors, are 
hormone literate who treat men and they will actually check levels and they will do replacement with women not as much um, still giving some of those synthetic hormones that have dangerous side effects not necessarily using the bioidenticals but I'm hoping that we're really moving into a time when hormone replacement, biologically identical hormone replacement is the standard of care to prevent aging and we are, we no longer accept the lie that we're going to get old and decrepit, tired, right. overweight, and be a beach ball as we age because we really shouldn't. Yeah. 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 I just want to comment a little bit about um, um, levels and sure. what the numbers mean because I actually interviewed a, a guy who's incredibly smart. Uh, I couldn't believe when he told me he likes to read. He reads about 11 research papers a day. Wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, just shoot me now. <laughs> One a day, we can just shoot me now, too. Uh, but we, we, we had a, I interviewed at great length about, um, about the lab levels. And what's happening, what's happened is that because of the decline in men's uh, testosterone levels generationally, actually the ranges are going down. Mm -hmm. And the ranges are built not of optimized or healthy people. <laughs> They're actually intermixed between unhealthy and healthy. And so you will find that a, a fair number of doctors will tell you, oh, you're, you're normal. And then, uh, like, because I, I talk to men about this quite often. I say, they're normal. And I go, like, well, what's your number? And I'm going, like, gee, do you know that that number uh, up until about two years ago was actually the low normal, <laughs> but now because of the, 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 the ranges have shifted. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that there's a, a, a whole deal out there. I, I have a friend of mine and uh, if it's okay, I'll give a plug for his book. Uh, it's called the testosterone optimization uh, therapy uh, Bible. Uh, his name is Jay Campbell. And if you want a book, actually I've interviewed him on several, uh, uh, actually he's, he's part of the series at my junk does not work.com. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, uh, he has probably one of the most detailed books on testosterone optimization therapy that's out there. And it's, it's, uh, it's about 400 pages with about 500 references. <laughs> so it's, not, it's, it's, high, it's, it's, highly, it's a highly researched and, and highly, mm -hmm. uh, when he says stuff, that he, he's got uh, basically scientific research to support the claims that he's talking about. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I love yeah. that you, you mentioned that. And, and really, this is something I talk about with women, too. The quote-unquote normal ranges for thyroid for sex hormones are normal based on an abnormal, unhealthy population. Exactly. We want optimal function. So. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> want to fall into the normal for body mass index. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I mean, a lot of times there, there was a time where actually uh, – Physicians used to treat to symptoms and not to, to laboratory values, and uh, and so now the, the whole thing is is um, and part of it is is the you know there's lots of pressures both from the uh, medical legal all sorts of things <clears throat> that are that are actually kind of forcing us into this false um, false what I want to call safe place that's actually not safe of the of the normal values. I think uh, thyroid is is absolutely one of those. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, I've, I've spoken to a number of, of uh, friends, physicians, that they, they say that actually the, the effective dose is just a, is just a little bit above where actually those values are. Yeah, they they use the 
normal, but it includes abnormal people. So it's interesting. So Oris, I do want to ask you about another group of patients I deal with. I have one patient who comes to mind and her husband's having erectile dysfunction. So intimacy has fallen off. He doesn't want to really talk about it. I've been working with her on her hormones and her sex drive, which had gone away too, because she really was missing the intimacy because physical and sexual intimacy are part of a healthy intimate relationship usually. Um, And she almost said to me, well, she has said to me at one point, you know, it doesn't really matter. He doesn't have a sex drive and he's not going to really do anything about it. So it doesn't matter. What would you say to that? Well, that sounds like resignation to me. Mm -hmm. And the question is, you know, what do you want for your life? Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never been one to accept things uh, as they, as they are. I, 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 I believe in altering my environment, things like that. And I can see where after years you just get tired and, and frustrated. I totally get it. I mean, you know, uh, especially if, if you're the only person that is interested in this and the other person is not. Um, I think that that's a couple that requires some sort of counseling, to be real mm-hmm. honest. It's, it's not I, – I don't think that uh, for many people, uh, especially in that kind of situation where they're resigned, the uh, – that they have the ability to resolve that on their own. And I think, right. the, chal- I think the challenge, though, also, and admittedly so, is getting both of them to a, to a therapist. And, and, yeah. and that, 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 that's going to be an uphill struggle. And I, 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 totally, uh, I totally feel for that person because uh, one is in order to, to solve something, you really have to have both people involved and be interested. And, and, Part of it has to do again with uh, um, with having a frank discussion, saying, you know, I miss this part of our relationship, mm-hmm. and I I want it back. I want it back with you, right? And I want it, and and I can't do this alone. I need you to be part of this journey with me, and we can we can actually have a vibrant life again, like we used to. Right. And and I love that what you said about that. I do think it requires outside help. And knowing that it's about so much more than just sex. It's about physical health. And so if you go silently into the night, letting your sex drive go, you're also going silently into the night to dementia, hair loss, you know, um, bone loss, cardiovascular disease, all the other things that these sex hormones help with. And so, you know, one of the things I don't know with you, it's just really getting people to understand if you have a hard time getting guys to understand and hopefully in your My Junk Doesn't Work, Does Not Work program, you address this, that it's about so much more than sex. Right. Oh, yeah, it is. is. And, you know, like for me, as, as I mentioned earlier, the whole thing of uh, when I was uh, traveling with my daughter, and e- even now, uh, it it is to me, it is a big source of energy and enthusiasm for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my my wife, it's it's pretty funny because uh, I know we went to a high school reunion a few years ago, and she goes. Oh my God! I didn't realize how young you are compared to your old classmates. 
and, and, and then it's, it's like it's like you know I'm I'm 67, uh-huh. and I don't feel like I'm 67. And I look at people that are 60 and 50, and there's there's some people that, that look that feel older than I am, and it's it's a, a lot of that has to do with is attitudinal. I mean, I I I've got a lot of stuff I still want to accomplish in my life, a lot of stuff I want to do, and so uh, there's no the the idea of me uh, chasing a little round ball over the grass uh, every day of the week uh, is not appealing. <laughs> is not appealing. Uh, and uh, and so so it, it really it's really about it's, it's about uh, the whole the whole attitude thing, and you know you will I as I tell men I, I tell friends and I you know quite sometimes it really perplexes me about why you don't at least try it mm-hmm. you know try testosterone for three months if you don't like it it's out of your system in two weeks mm-hmm. you're done but you may once you get on it you're gonna you're gonna you're you're gonna like not really want to and there was a lot of you know and part of it also is that there's a lot of there used to be a lot of false myths about it you know it's going to give you heart disease it's going to make you infertile it's going to cause prostate cancer uh it's going to you know affect this and that i i mean i've I've been through it all with my pcps and all that stuff and as i said i I tease i tease him actually my my pcp is actually an an ectomorph and i was giving him a heart the other one was was getting overweight the other this one i'm I'm talking about you're shriveling up dude uh <laughs> and so, uh, and and so, you know, it's 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 so much about lifestyle. It's it's so much about the quality of your life. Um, and it, try it. It's it's yeah. it's, act, it's actually relatively inexpensive. I mean, and know. and a good question though, I just want to talk about is who should not who's not a candidate for testosterone therapy and any precautions when you do use it. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer that to uh, I'm not a physician, so I'm not I I can't think of a situation where somebody really is not a candidate. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that there's there's uh, uh, there I'm sure there may be, and I, mm-hmm. I think that for the vast majority of people, you know, that's gonna you're, you're we're, I think we're talking about unicorns there uh, for people that that that, that, mm-hmm. that would not be. Um, I think that the, the 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 challenge now is that everyone's got a testosterone clinic on on TV, right. and uh, there's a couple of things. And again, I'm going to say this: uh, I'm not a physician, and I don't prescribe testosterone. But there's a couple of things that are that are out there. Um, one is that uh, a lot of these clinics will put you on kind of a, a, a three three medications all at once, including testosterone. And I think that for the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people, the other two are not necessary. Uh, and you know, testosterone therapy just by itself is 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 plenty. Uh, there might be some supplements and things like that, uh, but but they don't do uh, they don't do that. Um, the uh, the the whole thing is that there there's a lot of research coming out about the negative effects of uh, estrogen inhibitors, aromatase inhibitors. Aromatase, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that uh, it actually. Uh, is interfering with some of the uh, benefits in men of having estrogen, and from and uh, the again, I, this is the the uh, the eleven study per per day guy that I interviewed. We talked right. about a great deal about that. He said yeah. that, that that for men, and it's a very individual thing. We all have a balance of testosterone to estrogen that's that's genetically defined Mm -hmm. and you start altering that then you start having all sorts of problems now the the aromatase uh, inhibitors came out of the bodybuilding world where they just wanted to you know 
they you know the those people do all sorts of crazy stuff to their body and you know they because they want to lean out for a show you know they they do they do aromatase inhibitors they do lasix they do uh, all that stuff to uh uh to, to basically you know uh, lean themselves out uh get a more rip look and but on a long-term basis none of that stuff is really sustainable and uh, so I think that, that that's probably the, the biggest thing is, is I would caution. That's my advice, again, not from a, a physician standpoint, is to is just some, somebody that goes uh, just straightforward fashion, listen to them. Uh, and then, again, again, I'm going to go back to uh, Jay's book, uh, mm-hmm. Stop from Optimization Therapy Bible. Uh, I would get that and, and, and read that from cover to cover because in that book, uh, uh, Jay – uh, outlines it uh, very well, and uh, I've interviewed Jay uh, multiple times, and uh, he's been on, on my uh, on, on my site at oldguytalks.com, uh, and, and he's again on, under the sex, drugs, mind, body tab. I've interviewed him, and I've also interviewed uh, a doctor by the name of uh, Keith Nichols, uh, mm-hmm. probably one of the most knowledgeable uh, physicians about testosterone optimization therapy, uh, at great length, and where we go again, 45 minutes an hour. Uh, right. where we sit down and talk at great length about uh, about therapy, about the myths, about the pluses and minuses of various things. Fabulous. So you have lots of resources on your website. You've got the mydoesnotwork.com and the oldguytalks.com. Right. We'll have those in the show notes. So lots of information. So if you're listening and maybe your partner is struggling with this and you want more information on it, definitely go to Oris' site and check out the information that he has, the program that he has, the information that he has, and educate yourself because really part of having her brilliant health, if you have a male partner, is having his brilliant health and so that the two of you can support each other. And sexual intimacy and intimacy in general, emotional intimacy is very important for a vital, alive relationship. As you age, you don't want to become separate and distant. You want to become closer and nurture that relationship because it nurtures your physical health. Studies show that if you have better relationships, you have better physical health. So thank you, Oris, for coming and sharing with us this wonderful information. Do you have any last words you'd like to share or more about any of the tools uh, that you've offered for people? Yeah. I think that most people, a lot of people, just take in information and don't do anything. Don't be that person, okay? Sitting here and listening to this podcast and then at the end not doing anything is you've just wasted 40 minutes, 45 minutes or whatever of your time that you'll never get back. Right. Do not just be a consumer of information. The power for you, for everyone listening, both men and women, is in taking action and not just being passive about it and not saying, oh, that sounds interesting. Take action. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. take action. So what will be your top three take action steps if a woman's listening and her partner is struggling with this, top three steps. Okay. Uh, first of all, for erectile dysfunction, I would suggest going to myjunkdoesnotwork.com. Okay. And when you uh, get the digital information product, it's easy to sit down and listen to the various interviews to find out what your options are. Uh, where we go into great 
detail. Now, some of these things, and I, I'm, I'm going to be very frank about this, some things work better for others than do. Now, not, not everyone has the same response to the various modalities right. therapies, and each of them has their pluses and minuses. And we, we go into, into that length. Two is to share that, especially if your partner is reticent, is, is in denial, to have a conversation and say, okay, this is what I found out. And there are answers to help us solve this. Mm -hmm. And two, to understand that this is going to take more than once, more likely than once. And then lastly, uh, I'm going to say have both your man's and your hormones therapy tested. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just getting one person optimized and the other person's not optimized doesn't really work out so well right. and so having both people optimized is really critical so don't just look at it uh as being just them it's actually a little probably a little bit of both of you and uh you know maybe do something to maybe do something that's going to surprise the hell out of your partner <laughs> <laughs> So I love it. If you're listening, number one, check out myjunkdoesnotwork.com. Number two, share it. Number three, get your hormones checked and get your partner's hormones checked. And thank you, Oris. I have one last question for you that I ask everybody. The name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. And what does that mean to you? Her Brilliant Health actually means that uh, it's about women taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there in this time mm -hmm. to improve the quality of health and improve the quality of your life. And it is really about the quality of your life. Uh, you know, there are so many things available out there. There's mm -hmm. so many options of things to do that you can improve your life and feel better about yourself and the world around you. So when your health is, is good, guess what? Everything else seems to fall in line too. Yes, I love it. It's so true. When your health is good, everything else seems to fall in line too. Thank you so much for joining me today. You've offered some wonderful information. I know there are going to be some very serious conversations happening uh, from women and talking to their partners about this. And there'll probably be some women who actually will get their guys to go to the doctor and Get, save them from having a heart attack. That's the biggest issue. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, because they've gotten the attention, um, but also they will um, be having good sex and healthy intimacy. And thank you for sharing the information. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. <laughs>